Whereas in search marketing, everybody doing a Google search has set aside at least a minute, two minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes in order to explore a certain topic. Hello, everyone. This is Dave Thompson again. I am here with you on another podcast adventure. I call it an adventure because you know what? You just never know what's going to come out on one of these conversations. It is Beyond Clean with Ace, where the cleaning industry talks. We don't do this on a regular schedule. We just do it whenever we have a guest speaker. But it seems like Mondays are when we do the recordings. And one of the things that we've done now is we have changed from just simply audio podcast to also now doing the video podcast. So welcome to you that are watching us today, or if you're listening, maybe it's probably better that you don't see my bald head again on a Monday morning. Anyway, I'm here in Orlando, Florida, broadcasting uh, out of our studios here inside our sponsor, a gym supply. But you know what? One of the interesting things about the internet and this world that we live in is we can travel abroad or anywhere we want to. And today I've got somebody, well, we're actually in different continents. So if you listen to one of my podcasts earlier, we were in the same continent, but today I've jumped the sea. Gert, you're not in the same continent that I'm in. <laughs> I guess I guess I'm not. Thank you so much for having me, Dave. <laughs> so Gert, uh, tell everybody uh, listening and watching today who you are, why we're here, and what are we going to talk about today that might be interesting to people in the cleaning industry. Absolutely appreciate it. So my name is Gerd Melak. I'm based in Madrid in Spain. Um, I'm doing SEO uh, for a living, search engine optimization. And for those of you who might not have been in touch with it, it's pretty much trying to make sure that your company comes up among the top results when somebody searches for your services on Google. And this is where we help a lot of clients with it, where we optimize their website, we optimize their content, we make sure that Google can actually show you in the corresponding search queries when somebody types in something where you think it might be a good idea to show up. I'm running a platform called seoleverage.com, where we have a team of 30 people taking care of more and more clients. And we've already also built a software around this in order to facilitate a consistent process. So we also know what we have to do, but also can track how this is working for us. You know, whenever you talk about this kind of stuff, uh, Gert, you know, I, hey, I'm, I'm an old guy here in the cleaning industry, and all of a sudden, you know, I've got to start trying to understand all this stuff. And I, I, don't, I just got to tell you, you know, the older I get, the harder it is to understand all of this technology stuff. So why is search engine optimization so important in our world today? I mean, um, you're building a whole company around it, so it's got to be important. It's definitely important for our clients, or at least they have seen the potential. I think what we what we don't have to discuss is that marketing and advertising is important, right? So we need to make sure that our clients, potential clients, get exposed to our brand, to our company, to our offering in different moments of their life. Now, you have, I, I very often try to explain SEO and search marketing with with Facebook ads, for example. So if, you ha if you're on Facebook or Instagram, you probably uh, notice that you get a lot of advertising. So they just <laughs> figure out based on, 
Probably, probably it has come to your to your attention, right? Lots yeah, of yeah, well, yeah, I get, I, it seems like any more days I get more of that than I do the messages from the people that I want to talk with. Exactly, exactly. But what happens? What happens as a consequence is that you pay less and less attention to those ads because they they keep coming all the time. There are more and more of them. Not everything, although the algorithm is really really smart and can figure a lot of things out. Not everything is relevant and, and let alone relevant right now. So imagine you have two minutes and you find a marketing agency trying to, to sell you their offering. You're not in a moment where you can really set aside some time and really focus on this. So either you send this link to your email to check it out later, you might not be there. So the same happens in your industry. If I get a, a cleaning company show up in my Facebook feed, it's probably not the right moment. I might have just hired someone. I'm, I might not be on the computer, etc. So it's just not the right time. So they're in the moment where they want to find something. They want to find a solution. They want to find a potential option for them. They want to find a potential service provider. And this is where their attention is. Marketing is all about attention. Attention in the right moment from the right person. So it's kind of like, uh, pardon me, because I want to break this down into mm -hmm. you know terms I can understand. Uh, it's like if I get in my car and drive to the store, um, I don't know exactly what I might be getting when I get there, but I need to know that's the store I want to go to. Pretty, pretty much. It at least it wouldn't help if this store sits in, in, uh, in front of your house, right, with a wallpaper showing you an offer if you're not in the moment of going there and buying something. It probably right. wouldn't help, right? So this is where we want to catch this moment. And Google really owns this moment. Google owns the moment where somebody is ready to, make, to take the next step and make a decision. So is Google the only one we're concerned about? It seems like every conversation I have with anybody, it's all about Google anymore. Yeah, is pretty, this pretty much. Pretty much. So except for China, where there's Baidu, a different search engine, uh, we're definitely not experts in, uh, but a lot of things still hold true over there. Um, Google is is where it's at. It's not profitable to optimize specifically for a different engine, search engine, which would be Bing, the next one from right. Microsoft. Um, but if you specifically optimize for Bing, you might have then drawbacks on Google again. So we really focus on, on Google and a lot of the things you do for Google are already going to help you on Bing. Okay, so you mentioned the Facebook ads. Should I not do the Facebook ads? or is I mean, because you, you take marketing, uh, everybody says, oh, you know, marketing, it just covers everything. But I don't think that's true. It, it, these are all segmented parts of it, right? When I learned first about marketing, we, we had this term which I really like, which is called marketing mix. And the marketing yeah. mix for me is like multiple pillars below a building. Okay. And one of those pillars, in my opinion, must be search marketing. If somebody searches for your services in your area, you need to be found, right? This is one pillar. We can then explore a little bit more. Another pillar for me is Facebook ads or LinkedIn ads, depends on whether you work with in B2B or B2C. If this is B2B, you probably want to, want to check out LinkedIn because this is where the business decision makers very often spend their time and have their attention. So it definitely there are other pillars you want to have in your marketing, search marketing and specifically SEO should be one of them. So you're saying one of those, how many of those are there, Gert? It depends on your, on your company, really, how many, uh, how many channels you think your company should be present based on who makes the decisions in your, in your clients' companies, right? So we, we always say, uh, depends, it depends, for example, on 
on your client's age, right? We see now TikTok coming up and it's not only the 15-year-old boys and girls doing their dances anymore. It's a, it has become a serious platform. So we see clients even that, had, that are targeting 30, 40, 50-year-old um, potential clients reach out to TikTok and get really good results. I have a car repair shop as a client here in Madrid and they are doing really, really well with TikTok now. They just film whatever they do and people in the surrounding get the, get the videos, see the videos. So everybody working in locally and especially in your, in your uh, industry, I would definitely recommend just documenting what you do on TikTok and see what happens after a few weeks. You know, uh, it, folks, if you've been listening to any of our podcasts or watching them now, uh, you probably have heard us talk to Mickey Anderson up in Canada. And when we were talking with her on uh, last week's podcast, we were talking about Google uh, and we were talking mainly about YouTube shorts. And then she said, you know, reels. And, you know, the attention span of people is like five to uh, five to 15 seconds now. Um, and you're talking about they're going to take a minute to find my billboard. I got to get that billboard in the right place. I think we, we are talking about two different things. So one for me, social media in general is for branding. What do okay. I mean by this? I, I mean that my I want to get in front of my potential clients like marketing always wanted to do, right? Even before the internet, the goal was to get in front of your potential clients, right? But we are well aware that this is not exactly the moment where they're going to take action. But when they are ready and they see that you are one of the potential options, they might recall that they have been following you, they might have engaged with you, they have seen your content, etc. Whereas on search marketing, if you're, if you're searching for something on Google, be it where to go, where to spend your vacation or a potential tool for your work or a potential provider, potential partner, potential company you want to work with, you are going to set aside a few minutes of your time in order to figure this out. And you're probably on the computer, not maybe only on the mobile phone, you might even be on the, on the computer, really taking this seriously, making your notes, copying your, your details into a spreadsheet or whatever it is. And this is where the attention has a different quality. So do the two work in tandem, separately, or in parallel? I think they, they really complement each other. Because for me in search marketing, if, I, if a client of mine is one of the potential search results and they have been doing their social media work and their branding, they have gotten the word out there, it's just more likely that somebody in Google is going to recognize their brand. And what this means is they're going to be more likely to click on this search result. We don't click on every single search result let alone what comes on page two, page three or so of Google. We only focus on what Google is recommending us and Google users, and we have studies about this, tend to trust what Google recommends to them. So the top spots are extremely important. So then what we want to do is whenever somebody searches for custodial or janitor, we want to be at the top of that recommended list. Depends on where you, you want to... In, in general terms, yes. However, the, the terminology you want to optimize for might not be that generic. It might be a combination, janitors, New York City, janitors, Manhattan, janitors, downtown Manhattan, for example. Uh, very often local businesses do very, very well when there is a location involved. So people are going to search for someone with their location next to it. Or Google is going to imply it, meaning Google is under, going to understand that you look for somebody in your area 
and this is what you then optimize for. So if I sell iPhone cases, I don't want to rank for iPhone. I want to rank for iPhone cases, Madrid or south of Madrid or whatever it is, to make this really specific as a luxury business. So location is a big uh, driving factor then? Absolutely, because just think about the search user searching, typing in janitor. This might be someone looking for a janitor. This might be someone interested to work as a janitor. This might be someone interested in how much does a janitor make. This might be somebody who doesn't know who's learning English as a second language. I've heard those people exist. The types in janitor and doesn't know what this is, right? So you really don't know what we call in SEO. We call this the search intent, the intention. Why did this person type this in? However, if I, if I type in janitor, uh, janitors Orlando or janitors plus city, for example, Google understands that this person is looking for something more specific and is going to be better at suggesting the right results. So is this when I should put in all of these hashtags into everything I do so that, uh, that, that it's picked up that way? And, and then I guess then the question is, how, when do you stop putting them in? Because like for me, I cover everybody. I cover the world. I, you know, people come for uh, certification and education from everywhere. Right. You want to, in, in search, you want to still make decisions, right? It's like in, in our case, I could be offering my services everywhere. I might focus on certain regions because I know there are a lot of clients. We get a lot of clients from Australia, from the States, from Canada, for example. So I might focus rather on those areas rather than all the other countries. And then within the segment, you can also focus a little bit more. So if this is about certifications, they, we can do a so-called keyword research, which is where we can research with some tools and Google's help how people are actually using Google and what variations of this certification, for example, they type in to find it. So we have a list of things people type into Google. And now the next step is to give them something that Google actually wants to show them. This is not everything that contains this keyword or this, this terminology. And the hashtags would be for social media. We don't need hashtags specifically on, in search. We just need the right content on the page. Okay. So, you know, without giving away all the trade secrets here, I understand that you know, let's say everything here on there on a podcast. But, you know, I think this goes to because I'm, I'm just being honest with you folks as you're listening to this today. Um, I've got myself in too, and I really don't know how, but now I have websites that I need to massage uh, with help. I'm you know, not the only one, as you said. You know, I think there's we, we've got several people in the marketing and advertising, uh, and I'm just one of those people, but I've got to learn where to put the right things at the right time. And this is difficult for me to figure out where. Um, I'm more concerned about the content and it seems like that's where I want to do most of it. And then I forget, oh, shoot, I should have said, I should have put in that keyword. You know, now you're adding a keyword thing to it. And I forget that. Uh, do we have checklists, laundry lists or something, all these things we should do? You probably, or is that the way you do it? <laughs> you, pro you probably need to see this in different iterations, right? So the first thing I always suggest is that we need to, just type into Google what you would like to see your company for, right? If you know that in your, you get this feedback from, from people when you ask them, how did you find us? Yeah, we just typed in janitor service plus city and, and, and your site came up, for example. So you get this kind of feedback. You probably have an idea what kind of keywords might people type in. 
do do yourself a favor and type this into Google and and check out the the results that come up. All of them, the top ten, first page, right? First page because this is where where the, the decisions are made. The, there is a joke that says the best place to hide a dead body is page two of Google <laughs> because nobody nobody ever looks there, right? Nobody ever is going to look there. So okay. what this means what this means is we want to pay very close attention to page one and see what is it that Google apparently is looking for. And this is a very th very important thing I want to bring across. We, we have this image of Google being this giant corporation. Uh, it's only after our money and after, after our data, et cetera. I'm not going to discuss it even, but what we need to recognize is that Google got where they are, partly because they have the best results. So they really try to show things in their search results that Google users want to find. So if I have a list of results, this is pretty much what Google thinks people want to find. So my version, if I want to get in there on page one, can't be drastically different. Does this make sense? Yeah, you've so kind of got to go along with the flow because that's where the flow is going. Exactly. And they're only exactly. I can't be drastically different. I can't, if everybody's using a video and a description and an infographic, I can't just write a blog post that's, that's 10,000 words and expect Google to rank it because the content is so good. Good content isn't what I think. Good content is what Google believes their users want. And they are not going to care about your authority. They are not going to care about you doing this for 20 years. They are only going to care about what their users probably want to find to have a satisfactory search experience. Because that's supply and demand. It's, it's back to the same thing. Google is just a one more, one more company. Google is just one more company that wants to make money. Just like so us. Just like everybody else, just on a different scale, right? So, so the ultimately, they just want to do a good job for their users, like everybody else. Like we are, our platform, we have built it based on user feedback because we want our users to have a better experience with our platform, with our consulting, with the way we, we optimize for SEO. And Google is doing the same thing. Right. So, so, so I, I guess there are top things that, that customers that you have are challenged with and you help with. Um, are we talking, am, am I going around a bush or are, is this exactly what everybody else is fighting? Everybody, everybody wants to get the attention of their potential clients at the right moment. Everybody, right? The right moment might not be necessary. The decision might not be as fast as we sometimes think. So somebody is searching today for cleaning companies might not make the decision until next year when they are going to change their company. They, but they might already be researching, right? So, so it's always good to come in front of the people who are searching for your services. And what, what, where the struggle then begins is what, what kind of focus do we want? And this is where we talk to every client. Every client is different. Some clients want to be for have 20 services listed. Some clients know that 80% of their revenue is made with one particular service. And they just want to make sure that whenever somebody in a certain area searches for the service and related terminology, they want to show up. So we really try to, at the beginning, when we onboard a new client to our program, we try to really understand what are the goals and what role can SEO play. Or SEO is not going to do away with all your marketing problems, but SEO is going to, in this segment, trying to do the best the search marketing actually can, which is expose people or prepare the content so Google really wants to rank you with a few tricks here and there, wants to rank you, your website, 
when somebody searches for what you're offering? Now, only because, folks, I'm, I, I, I'm kind of like an open book. I don't mind telling people that I don't really know what I'm doing and I'm struggling just like everybody else. And, hey, I learned some things because of, of people like yourself. And, and uh, then I go, okay, well, let me go to my website and see what I don't know. And, you know, I, uh, uh, Google came up and said there's a new Google Analytics G4 that mm -hmm. I needed to put onto my website. Um, and I'm like, okay, here's just another new thing I got to do. And my first, my first thing was I don't want to do it, but then I went ahead. Um, I'm waiting for the new analytics to come out. It's a, it just seems like it never stops. <laughs> it's, I think, I think why you, it's like, like my car, my car suddenly having like a red light flashing and it tells me something about the engine and I don't know about cars. So, so there is another thing I should be doing. I think as a business, and this is really also, I mean, I've been, I've been in business for quite a while and, and what I had to learn after before doing everything myself is to learn where I need help and where it does make sense to get someone to guide me. Like I'm in different masterminds, in different coaching programs, in different working with different external companies to grow my own business, because I'm well aware we are not the best Facebook experts. We are not the best experts in LinkedIn. We are not the best experts in, in YouTube because marketing is, is a huge variety. Once you have settled for or are, fo are focusing and you don't have to do everything at once, right? You don't have to do everything at once. For me, search marketing goes ahead of the list because this is people searching for you. They can't, just can't find you. It's not like you're disrupting their day by showing them ads all the time. This is someone who right now has a problem, needs a provider, and wants to find your company. This is why I think search marketing should go somewhere there. But then I do believe that a company that's, that's doing reasonably well does need help from an external consultant, agency, or something like this, because it's just too complex and it's just too easy to spend a lot of money in vain. Okay, so since you mentioned it, I'm going to follow your lead there because I've talked to other people and I have experienced myself where we got involved with some um, what we thought was an organization and turned out to be a single uh, uh, person, uh, got all the way into it, got, and then we weren't quite doing it on the schedule in the way and taking all of the advice, and then they said, on you crashed the whole thing and said do it yourself i think there's a lot of people out there maybe listening or watching today that's going yep i've had that too and i'm going to do it my own self we're all scared everybody everybody's scared i had i had a wall i'm going to tell you a story i had a wall lifted between my neighbor and and ourselves because they had making some sort of little building in their backyard and they wanted to lift the wall anyway we had we had two construction workers here telling me a story about a construction company charging half the money and not showing up on day two. Yep. Right? They just disappeared. They took yeah, we've 50%. all heard that. They took 50%. Does this mean I can never hire anybody for help anymore? Probably not. I can't just can't do everything myself, right? So <laughs> you you just want you want to do your due diligence. I don't I don't get Especially in construction, I've learned not to, to get construction workers without a referral, without someone else who has trusted them before. My way of, of trying to do my own due diligence. Um, I believe one, one rule, and we discussed this before we, 
just uh, you, you hit record already a little bit. One thing to be in a, in a safer place, I believe, is to go with a company where you're absolutely sure you talk to more than one person. Ideally, even on a call or in different emails, etc. Obviously, a freelancer can simulate having an, having an entire empire behind them. Uh, but you you probably get a sense of who trusts them, who have they worked with, who endorses them. Um, is this a company or am I talking to a solopreneur? Right. If this is a freelancer, chances are that, especially if they struggle with the project for whatever reason or or have a difficult time, we have heard this as well that clients tell us that freelancers suddenly disappeared, especially on the tech side. So if somebody gets a programmer in and gets them fixed some stuff and suddenly it's the pro the website isn't fixed and the program is gone. We have heard these things as well. So you definitely want to do your due diligence, ideally work with somebody that gets referred to you, asking your surroundings who has a developer they are really happy with, or at least ideally a development service. There are services out there, for example, if your your website runs on WordPress, which is very common. There are service services out there, companies. Uh, we have our we, we send our clients to a company we really trust that has 20 programmers on their on their team that help our clients, for example, because we also advise them against using a single provider. So tell us, um, is there an average, I mean, are we looking at, you know, multi uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars when we look at somebody like this or what, what is a, what do we expect is going to be our outlay for a good SEO company like this? I mean, you know, I'm not trying to, I mean, everybody has a different opinion of this. Yeah, I think I think everything that's below a thousand fifteen hundred dollars per month, usually it's a monthly retainer, is probably only doing a fraction of what they should be doing. Right? Okay. We have seen we have seen people, especially aggressively advertising on Facebook, on Google, etc., trying to sneak in with with two hundred dollars, three hundred dollar offers per month, and probably only doing a fraction of of what you actually want. Right. So you're looking at, at between one and two thousand dollars probably per month for a few months to get get the optimization on your website. Depends on where you really are, right? Very often, what we do the first time is that we check out the client's website. I get to know um, what are their goals, what do they want, what kind of services do they want to push, etc. And we say, look, this is where you are. This is where we think we can take you. And this is the gap that needs to be bridged. The gap might mean that we need to create some content. The gap might mean that the website needs a an, an, uh, revision because it might sometimes is outdated or something or doesn't work well on mobiles or things like those, like technical issues, technical handbrakes we need to, to loosen. And we might need a tech company or tech support helping out with this one. We really need to figure out where this is. But definitely it's... Um, if you spend $200, $300, $500 a month on, on SEO, you're probably not going to go very far. Uh, and that's what I was after. That Thank you very much, because that gives me and our audiences listening, you know, you've got to put some budget in this if you really want to get on that first page is what we're saying, right? Absolutely. And it's, it's, it's something... Uh, that needs to be kept up. So it's not like we apply a sticker to the website and this is now SEO optimized. It doesn't work this way, although some agencies try to sell it this way. So you can do certain optimizations on a website, but this is this is a, um, a space in your space where hundreds of thousands of companies are going to compete for for 10 rankings on page one. Everybody wants to be there and everybody's going to do their optimization and their they, they're the thing they think is relevant and important to do, and Google is going to make a decision. 
So it's something you need to keep up. It's it's a marketing expense. If you have a certain marketing budget, part of it should be on a regular basis um, assigned to search marketing and to optimizing articles, refreshing them, revising the articles you wrote last year to make them current with what's happening on Google. It's just a fa so, very fast moving space. So whenever I'm talking about this on this, Gert, are we talking about, you know, like a, an organization like ours that has multiple different websites? I'm needing to do this now on every website or do I use the same SEO person to cover like two or three of the websites I have? I think if you do SEO, you're probably going to be go with one company that takes care of your SEO and then in a, in a joint conversation decides if you have all those websites, where does SEO make the most sense? Is this one website? Is this two websites? Does this need to be all of those? And maybe do this in sequence as well. Try one website, check if, if you're getting results with this company and the process they use and how they think about your, your uh, concept, then maybe replicate. The most, most common case we see is usually one website anyway. So okay. someone having multiple websites sometimes can happen with a lot of different owners or different marketing managers. We have seen this before, but this is very often when the first step we then consolidate even and say, look, let's consolidate all those websites into one if it's possible. If not, this is then a strategic decision that needs to be taken at the beginning. Well, I'm just going to give you a, for an example, folks. I mean, because, you know, and, and I'm, I'm sure the listeners and uh, those who are watching are probably thinking along these lines. For an example here, the sponsor for, for our show here is Gem Supply. Mm -hmm. uh, they supply janitorial goods and distribute those. However, I run the Academy of Cleaning Excellence, which is solely education and professional development knowledge of, uh, for cleaners, which is very much separate. I don't, I don't distribute and, and that, mm -hmm. but we're, we, I'm a, basically a service of, and so we have two different websites. So, but we do kind of share some common stuff uh, between the two, but really we have two different messages, two different audiences, because that's the way it is. So, you know, you're saying, well, I probably need to figure a $15,000 a month budget for each one. 1,500. Um, so, so we probably want to think about where do you want to be found? Right. So if you have courses and somebody is searching for training material, etc., it sounds like the other side would make more sense, right? If this is about supply and different brands, etc., then uh, the the gem supply might make more sense in this case, right? It's really about who do you want to attract and to which part of your business. Very often we see businesses having a certain entry point, as we call this, right? It's like the first touch point, like the first thing people tell you on the phone when they call you. And say, look, this is the problem I have. Example, uh, construction, I stick with this example. Construction company telling me people want to know how much a refurbishment is, right? Stupid question. We have no idea how big, how, what, what kind of finishing, what kind of uh, luxury somebody wants or doesn't want. But it's the, it's the entry point, right? So we, we created an article about how much is a refurbishment and then just explain why we can't know. And this leads to leads and, and sales and calls every day. Right, so we back really again, want to what, analyze who is searching. But back again to what you said is Google says this is what people are asking for. Whether you feel it's a ridiculous question or not, if that's what they're searching for, that's still the entry point to get people to recognize you to even go to the next step to 
initiate the phone call, contact, or even look there on the go. next page. There you go. It's all about the attention. Where is the attention at the right moment? And if the right moment is that somebody asks a stupid question, this is where we want to give an intelligent answer. So to your point, this is why what we did is on the Gym Supply website, we actually put a page for the Academy of Cleaning Excellence on the same website, but we also have a separate website for the Academy, but it's on the Gym Supply website because it's a service because as people buy supplies, they then say, oh, well, you know, I need to have education and training for how to use those supplies. But the entry point really most of the time is, I need a supply, I gotta have this, this is what I need to do the work, and then the second one. And this is what you're talking about, correct? Exactly. If we have identified supply as the, as the main entry point and the first touch point, absolutely makes sense. Talk more about supplies, create content about the supplies. Not everything, not every question is related to a particular kind of supply. Some, some questions are informational, meaning people are just browsing and want to have opinions or feedback or, or see how this is used and what it is for, etc. So we, we are talking about a blog, uh, blog articles, explaining certain products, certain procedures, etc. And definitely, if this is the entry point where people are then happy to explore the other side, perfect. At the same time, there might be search queries going directly into the training and into the courses, etc. I wouldn't host them on Tim Supply. I would host those queries directly where they belong. And, and that's exactly what we're talking about, folks. And I was only just using our example here to give you kind of an insight of what we're doing. And we're learning right along with everybody else. And I will tell you, um, we're trying to do it ourselves. I'm just being honest with you here. But on the other hand, as it continues to grow, it's becoming more laborious, more technical. And I'm, I thank you very much for being on the show today because, you know, this reinforces what we're trying to do and the fact that at some point, somebody like yourself and your organization may be the best thing for us to do. What we have seen just really from, from client conversations, and I appreciate you saying this, what we have seen from client conversations, I have clients uh, who have been for eight, nine years doing something on the site, which they thought was right for SEO <laughs> after. And, and then I had them go through, a, I remember a case particularly because it was really, it struck me because this was thousands and thousands of dollars. And I had this client go through 900 blog posts they have written over, over eight years or 800 over nine years, something like that ridiculous amount, right? And just, just think about what would this be answering if somebody types in a search, right? So. So SEO only works. Google only helps you if you have something on your website people are searching for. And this person specifically has been writing about everything over eight, nine years, but never considering how this should be actually used in search or how this could help her business in, because just nobody searches for what she was sharing. She was using this as a social media platform, just a blog sharing whatever thoughts or, or um, ideas or whatever she had and thought Google should give her the credit and send traffic her way. And this is not how it works, right? My, my first, first um, suggestion is always to answer questions, right? Whatever question you get on the phone, write it down, create an article, put it on your website. Just like this, without any SEO considerations, just make this a good piece of content answering this question. Because if they ask you the question, chances are they type it in your search box as well. And questions are really very often picking people up in the right moment. And this is a really good start. 
and then you can still see where do you want to get in. We, we started out actually with a, with a very low priced offer uh, for people who want to have a little bit of guidance, want to still do this on their own, but can't afford like a full service. And they can now use our platform to, to really see what are those entry points that are actually bringing, in, bringing people into our website. So we start them off with the strategic guidance and then they can create their own content and see the tracking, see how the results turn out on the platform. And this is very often a good first step where you say, okay, this article seems to be working. This article doesn't work at all. And I thought it was the best one. Let's get some additional guidance. What else can we do? And from there then see if you can slowly build this up. What's interesting folks is Gert was saying this, I was thinking about what Mickey and I have talked about for the last two podcasts. And this is exactly what she was talking about. She's on the marketing, not the SEO, but as you said, they do parallel each other. And this, she said the same thing, whatever questions they're asking, make sure you put those on there. Alan Langer is another gentleman I work with. He's going to be at one of our cleaning festivals here uh, this coming year. And the one thing that he said is in the first 10 seconds of somebody being on your website, they need to be able to answer their first question. And I think this, every, every person I talk to in, in this, that's the first thing. But you know what most people want to do? They want to start talking about what they've got. And it, it, uh, it seems on the front side of it, folks, kind of counterintuitive. But then when you start talking to professionals like this, folks, you start learning that maybe we need to change what we've been doing and look at it from the, you know, hey, it's answering what their question is, not ours. Absolutely, absolutely, 100%. I think that there are, there's one thing that we have figured out over the years and where we have changed our entire methodology. And this is, first of all, establishing a tracking. So you need to know the numbers in order to improve them. Right? People come here and say, I want more traffic, I want more conversions, I want more requests, I want more, I don't know what. And I'm like, how many do you have right now? Yeah, I have no idea, but I want more. Right. So the first <laughs> step needs to be establishing where are we right now? If I go to the gym and ask a personal trainer to help me get in shape, it wouldn't, wouldn't hurt. Um, they're going to take measurements. They're going to weigh me. They're going to see how much I can lift probably or things like those, right? In order to see where are we? And then it's like, okay, what do, where do you want to go? Yeah, I want to lose 10 pounds, 20 pounds. Okay, in order to get there, now let's lay out the steps, the train tracks to get actually to this destination. And this is what we try to do with clients as well. We say, okay, let's first establish where you are. Let's establish where does it make sense to go and then see what is necessary in one of those parts. Absolutely, like you say, is to, to provide what we call the sniff test. And the sniff test, actually, it's not, it's not by us. A, a mentor of mine coined this at some point. They call this a sniff test. So you come to a website, and if it, it doesn't smell like this is for you, you're going to leave, right? <laughs> and I think this is easy, to, easy enough to understand. It's like me entering a shop uh, with my two young daughters, and very often I turn around because I know it's not for me. It's for them, but it's not for me. It doesn't smell like this is for me, right? And they wait outside. Um, so this is what we want to do on websites as well. And if this is only about you explaining every single service you offer, which is absolutely great, this doesn't pick me up where I am. Where am I? Am I the decision maker? Am I the purchase department? Am I the one, the CEO? Am I responsible for checking out with which cleaning company to work? Pick me up where I am. Say, look, you're looking for, if you're looking for, for now a cleaning company or a janitor or something like this, 
this is what we know about you. You need someone who has a proven track record. You need someone who you can trust, who is reliable. Uh, you need someone who can absolutely handle the main tasks in your to take care of your building, etc. Now let's take the next step. This is what we can offer. You need to pick them up in their language. Folks, we talk about anything and everything here beyond clean, and you've just heard a whole lot of information about SEO and probably not enough to know what to do yourself. Uh, I can tell you, I don't know enough. I'm still trying to do what I can, and hopefully sometime we can uh, you know, share some advice with you, some insights here. If you're watching on the video, you see uh, Gert's uh, email address and also his website address there. If you're listening to the podcast, we'll have it in the show notes either way. Um, I, I usually ask if there's any advice that you want to give, but I just think he just gave it to us. You know, I only had one other question. Is there kind of a way that people can, uh, or a kind of an entry point where they can actually show you a website and you can give them some advice? Is there a charge for this? Uh, what's the Absolutely. starting point if they want to get going with you? Absolutely. The easiest one is, is to head over to seoleverage.com. Um, so this is the, our website. You can schedule in a demo. I'm doing all the demos. Uh, and the demo, the, the way a demo works is, first of all, we check what are your goals? What do you want? I can quickly assess where you are and what kind of things could be necessary. I show you how the platform works and then advise you on what could be a possible action plan. So this is without charge, without com any, any commitments. Uh, just really having a conversation about the website and laying up the next ideal steps that I would take if this was my site. There's two questions that I usually ask before I let my guests get away. La the first question is, where were you born? <laughs> in Graz, in Austria. Austria. Austria, yeah. Okay, well, that, that, that's, a, that's not the normal one that I get here, and I didn't figure it would be, but... <laughs> Uh, we're at the end of the year almost, or, or pretty close. So uh, what is on your personal bucket list for next year? Something just for you, not your company, uh, just for you that you want to go accomplish next year? Good question. Good question. I think what I want to accomplish next year is to be able to, to grow my team in a way that you, you know, as a, as, a, as a CEO of a company, you're always building a system ultimately, right? Just building a system just contains different parts, different roles. And one of my focus points is always to empower everybody on my team so they can work together and solve clients' problems, help clients as a team. And I think this is a, a long-term goal. This is not something that happens overnight, let alone with a remote team like we have in agencies these days. So I think one of the goals next week, next year is really to get better at facilitating the creation of this system, creation of, um, of the, the team culture we have been building over the last years and really make sure that we have all the roles and, and everything so everybody knows this is they have the support they need in their role, they have someone to ask, they have someone to rely on. Everybody knows they can come to me, but it's definitely on my list to, to help my team grow as much as possible. Folks, you know, it's something interesting. Whenever I ask this question, how many entrepreneurs can't separate personal from business? It's almost like they go hand in hand because your personal goals is to make 
your operation better and, as you said, empower those people. I appreciate your time here. Folks, uh, please uh, join uh, Gert at scoleverage.com uh, where he can maybe take a look at your website and help figure out where you are and what you want to try to get. Um, as we said, our sponsor is Jim Supply. You'll find them at jimsupply.net. That's G-E-M supply.net. You'll find us at theacademyofcleaning.com. Um, and if you're looking at this or watching uh, here in November still in 22, we have our five finalists for the Rockstar Custodian National Award. The voting has been fierce. We uh, like for you to go over there. You can find that voting on either one of those sites. Folks, this is Beyond Clean with Ace, where the cleaning industry talks. We now know where Gert was born in Australia. We know what he wants to accomplish next year. We don't know where he's going to end. And the reason we say this is because we want you to make sure that whatever journey you're on is healthy, positive, and proactive. Until we talk to you again on the airwaves next time, be good, be safe. We'll see you later. Thank you very much, Steve.